0: And looking back now, and it took me a while to figure this out actually, but when we did our first round of um, recruiting for an assistant, I realized that being a casting director, there's one key skill that you need that you can't learn. You have to have it naturally. And that is that when you read a script, you can visualize a person in that role.
1: Okay, welcome or welcome back to the Map Life Podcast. I am Simon Williams, the founder of Motivation and Performance Partners. And the reason I started this podcast was to take a trip into the treasure chest of high performers to discover the strategies that they used to achieve their greatness. Not only that, I'm also interested to know how they were able to transition through the Valley of Shadows and overcome changes and challenges in their lives. And how they stay on top of their own mental health and wellness in order to live their most inspired life. Now, I think it's imperative that each conversation will offer you tools to take away, to implement in your own life, in order to improve and to place you on the path to a more purposeful, meaningful, and fulfilling existence. Now, as something to say thank you to you all for tuning in I've curated some sponsors who will be offering you discounts as the season rolls on. These sponsors have also offered up some product for me to put into a prize pack for you to win. Pretty simple, really. Subscribe and review the Map Life podcast wherever you get your podcasts, as we're now on Apple, Spotify, Google, and wherever else they are. And also follow Map Life—that's M A P underscore L I F E—on Instagram, as well as all of our sponsors. Now I'm so stoked that this podcast has been resonating so loudly with you all and I'm able to bring these prizes to you. So show our sponsors some love on their Instagram accounts as well or better yet, use the discount codes and I promise you that all these products that I've brought on board as sponsors are products that I use and I believe in to increase quality of mindset, performance and mental health. Okay guys and girls, on today's episode we have my longtime friend and casting director, award-winning casting director of film, television, and commercials, Steph Pringle. Steph and her business partner, Alison Fowler, took out the Top 30 Under 30 Award in 2018, the highest regarded award in the industry, and from there, they haven't looked back In fact, they've just been nominated for three Casting Guild of Australia Awards. I mean, how amazing is that? Their casting company, Chicken and Chips, has become one of Australia's most prolific and most sought-after casting companies. And one of the big reasons for that is because of their push, their focus, their love and attention for diversity and equality within all roles in the industry. Today's episode is packed full of goodness and insights and strategies for young actors, directors, and entrepreneurs as we discuss what her strategies were stepping out into her own business and it becoming an award-winning business. We discuss the passion required in playing big. We discuss alignment. She's got a lot of advice for actors and the importance of mentorship, how confidence breeds confidence, and how a clear intention and an elevated emotion brings about your goals your dreams your hopes through the manifestation process and one of the big things we talk about is the importance of learning this is such a great episode for as i said anyone out there looking to better themselves so sit back relax and enjoy my conversation with my great friend steph pringle you know let's look at hollywood for example let's say you're a high performing casting director in hollywood a script comes on your table you know, it's going to be a huge budget. You've got budget to pay for actors. I guess most people would think that if there was five actors that turned up, if they're A-line actors, you know, you're Goslings, you would you know, even yep. back to Harrison Ford. And it's just like, let's just take who we can get. But a quality casting director isn't about that. They are looking for specifics about yep. talent that would match the role. And there's a direct skill in being able to, See an actor based on who they are and how they've portrayed roles towards the script, rather than just saying, as I said, who's the best actor we can get for this?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I've got this thing about um, not typecasting people, and I make a conceited effort when I'm thinking about like when I'm thinking about a role. When my process is usually when I get a script for a feature, say, I get the script and I get like a director's. Um, pitch deck and I don't look at the pitch deck until after I've read the script and often I don't actually have any conversation with the director prior to reading the script it's just a it'll be an email or a call I've got a script um, and yeah I say send it and there's no I don't talk about I don't want to know anything before I read the words on the page mainly because I don't want to get what he, him or her wants stuck in my head when I'm reading it. Um, which is the same as the looking at the pitch deck as well, because that often skews how you, you know, what lens you're reading it through. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about, it's about knowing and believing and fully trusting that an actor can play a role even if they have never played a role like that before. That's actually interesting casting because who wants to see the same actor playing the same role all the time? That's just boring. Um,
1: And how do you, sorry to interrupt there, but how do you navigate that? If you have got a table full of headshots, how do you pick the one that hasn't done a role of that type before to go, I just know that person's going to be able to do it? Can you unpack that a little bit? Or is that intuition?
0: I think it's intuition oh it's a bit of both um so when I'm so when I go through I make notes on the script and like write write down names of people that just pop off the top of my head some of them may not may be completely wrong actually and I like I like going through that process too and put putting up people that are just not even in the ballpark because it just you know when you read it a second time and you read it with that person in mind you're like actually no that doesn't work so that's I know I'm in. going in the right direction, I can narrow it down in terms of, you know, if they have to have a specific skill, that's also, that actually sort of impacts. So say if they have to be able to ride a horse and it's like an, at an expert level, then obviously that narrows my options.
1: Sure. And what can actors do, whether young or older, in the game for a while, or if whether they're budding, they're coming and emerging, what can they do to become that actor for you to believe in them off that page? You mentioned one thing, which was to increase the skill set, you know, learn how to do some obscure things like ride a horse or play guitar or things that some other actors, you know, those one percenters that others won't do. But is there anything else that an actor can start to incorporate or implement in terms of a strategy to become that person that just stands out from the rest?
0: I like to see that people are training. I'm not saying you have to get into the top drama school. Um, but taking seeing classes or doing workshops or to show that they're learning constantly, because if you don't exercise the muscle, it will not get better. It doesn't actually having screen credits and things like that for me, um, unless it's unless I'm looking for a lead role and I need to have someone who is has a profile or for whatever reason for funding, or you know it's usually a money thing. I basically will audition anybody if I think they're right for it, regardless of what their CV says. Um,
1: And that is part understanding that they are learning and increasing their skill set and part intuition. So what is it in that intuitive process? Are you looking for, is it a feeling that you have or is it more in the mind where it's kind of problem solving and something just clicks into place like, you know, opening a safe or how does it feel or do for you?
0: Um, it is a bit of problem solving, which I love to do. Um, but I think it's, it's more the, the feeling that I get when I'm in the studio with the person that I sort of went, Oh, this is probably not, it might not work, but we'll just do it anyway. And then they come in and I'm like, no, this is that this person's going to get it. And I think I've got probably I'm pulling a stat, but I reckon I've got like a 75% strike rate of picking who will get the role. And I think it's higher than that again that that person was not who the director thought they were going to choose. Even like even as far as we had a script that was, um, that had four males in like a heavy metal band um, and one of the roles I was, I wanted to put it, I wanted to have a female in there. Basically, that's what I wanted. And I was like, I don't feel, I actually don't feel comfortable casting this script unless there's a woman. I basically had rewritten the role in my head, reading it that many times. And I was like, that's the role that's non, it's nondescript on gender. So I'm going to bring in women. I didn't tell the director that I just did it. <laughs> um, I called all the agents that I, and I, and I did bring in a limited number of girls. I didn't go overboard with like 50 people. I just did. I think I did 12. I think I'd read 12 girls and I called all the agents and I was like, look, I know that this is not on the brief and that's not what the script says, but here's a scene. And I'd really, I really actually think that so-and-so could do this. And they loved it. They were like, this is ballsy and I like it. And, um, and these are agents that have been in the game for 30 years, some of them. So having, having that relationship with them also helps when they can kind of, when they back me and they go, yep, yeah, we agree and she's interested. And so I had 12 amazing actresses come and read this role and I presented them to the director And the writer. And they were like, I was like, look, I'm I know I'm may I might be overstepping and you know, whatever, but this is I actually believe that it would be better with a female in that role. And then they couldn't look at the role as a male after they'd seen those audition tapes. Even though I'd read men, I read men first, as per the brief and the script. And then when I presented the females, they were like this is happening. And I was like, Oh, okay. And then they obviously had to go and rewrite the script, which is still being done. (laughs) So that project got put on hold. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm like, I'm super proud of that because I think that's important, particularly because I, I am a bit of an advocate for diversity and equality. And um, I like to choose projects based on, being able to put forward ideas that might not have been thought about before.
1: It's one of the most proud and one of the most powerful things that is coming out of Chicken and Chips, I think, in in my opinion. And as you said, the, the industry is supporting that, is getting behind that. You've got the other agents, you've got the actresses and actors, all in the industry believing in equality and diversity. So much so that it's ripple effect into script writing, into the writers, People are more yeah. conscious now of writing diverse roles and writing roles of more equality because they know they're going to be cast and they know they're going to be their projects are going to be put forward because it's it's definitely a push within the industry and and one that's it's needed to be had for a long period of time it's across many industries you know obviously the inequality has been such such a strong thing in for so long and the way that you're backing yourself and the way that other people are backing you to do it is forging a huge inroads for the next generation of actors
0: Mm. al and i speak on um a lot of panels uh, and do Q and A's and and stuff about diverse casting and authentic casting, which is a a huge, it's it's really difficult. And I can see why it was neglected for so long because it is a really challenging thing to do because you've got um, the traditional, the traditional path for an actor is to go to drama school I mean, now we all know there's not one path to get to from A to B. So traditionally you go to drama school and those, the drama school at that level is not inclusive. They're not, they don't have accessibility ramps. They don't have, they, they won't allow people to study part-time. So if you've got a disability or if you're, if you have mental health issues or, you know, um, you, you, there's a, there's a block there, so then you know there's the catch twenty two of well, you can't get a job until you've got an agent or you can't get a job unless you've got experience or you know or training and then there's just this ripple effect of well how do you how do you upskill um, actors from minority groups if at the fundamental level those institutions and not fostering that environment and then our traditional process is only to go through agents and i think we definitely pioneered the way of not of not just getting people who are represented because that is actually bullshit because people agents don't represent people inclusively
1: a male writing a film or a script or a short or whatever usually writes from a male perspective. So therefore, if they're writing from a male perspective, most of the time they're going to cast or write male characters. It's not often that a male can write from the female lens unless they do a whole, so much research and spend a lot of time getting into the minds of women to get their perspective and to understand because we do view the world differently and the same in, in many ways. I bring it to a personal level because the last film that you guys cast for me was completely Two women characters. Writing that was an extremely hard task, especially for the themes in the film. But what I found was one of the best things that young actors can do, whether you're from minority groups or whether you're a young female lead or a young female actor, is to find writers that are putting forth scripts with opportunities and getting into the networks and working together with writers to write something of merit that can promote diversity or promote equality Mm. within the roles Mm -hmm. and I think one of the great things that the industry is doing now is really promoting female writers or female heads of staff so that we get a greater perspective amongst the production and the reason you know when I wrote what I wrote that we worked so well together on it is because we both advocate so heavily for what we're talking about
0: yeah yeah absolutely you probably in the last 12 to eighteen months, we we really got into a groove with who we wanted to work with, um, and what projects we wanted to work on, and what characters we wanted to cast, um, and what genres we wanted to to you know dabble in. And if I read a script and I sort of am like, oh, it's you know a bit meh, or I can't think of how I can get interesting casting somehow, then. Yeah, I just say politely, uh, I don't connect with the material, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is what actors tell me all the time, So, um, which is fine. If you don't connect to the character, I don't want you to bust your balls and because you're never going to do a good job. Um, so, yeah, I, it's only been in the last, yeah, 12 to 18 months that I've been fortunate enough to be able to have the volume of projects come across my desk and politely decline some that just aren't in the realm that I want to be working in.
1: Okay, anyone who knows me well knows how excited I get over a lot of things. And one of those being a glorious cup of coffee. One of my favorites, Kingdom Coffee. Why? Well, one, the beans are a dream. And two, Kingdom Coffee is relationship coffee, meaning that it aims to give back profits to people in need. Currently, they're supporting Surfaid Australia, Compassion, and a ministry out of Zimbabwe that helps accommodate and love abandoned babies before attempting to reunite them with their family. What an absolutely incredible opportunity to partner with people who support the less fortunate, both on a personal and professional level. Now, roasted weekly in small batches using ethically sourced coffee with complete transparency from farmer to cup. So, what better way to enjoy your coffee than knowing every sip of that golden syrup is helping someone in need? And as the MapLife family, you'll receive an enjoyable 15% off your orders by using MapLife, that's M A P L I F E, 15 at checkout. So, visit Kingdom Coffee, that's K I N G D O M, coffee.com.au, and get your hands on the beans that give back. When you read a script, what part of you lights up when you know this is something I want to be involved in?
0: Um, well, it's the visualization process of seeing actors in roles. Um, that's, it's that and it's the story. So um, every script, if I don't have a reaction physically to it, then like that, and that could be crying or laughing or, Actually, um, Ellie and Abby, which is one of our features that um, has been doing really well, it just, I felt good. I was like, oh, God, no one dies. No one, like it's not, it's not morbid. It's just like there are there are sad moments in it, but it's not, you know, it's a rom-com and it was like, well, you know, this is what I want to be doing and, it, and it's a lesbian rom-com and that's like, you know great and I just was like I have to work on this film when I watched it the trailer they sent us a trailer really early and I was just bawling my eyes out and I looked at Alan and I was like this is it this is the one
1: mm. yeah, again you're touching on some visceral points of you talked about your problem solving before in terms of the mind so as soon as you read a script that you love and I'm going to say that this is probably across the board for casting directors or good ones is that the mind starts to light up the problem solving and how do I cast this and who am I going to cast it in? And then that's going to filter down into the heart, which you said it's an emotional experience, whether it's a Mm. story or the, Oh, this is going to be great because it's about this and I'm going to be able to cast this. So you start to feel it on a level of giving. And then it always trickles down into that lower soul region. Yeah. Because you know, the mind is the place of understanding the heart is the place of giving and the soul is a place of purpose. And really, When you've got a script that you love, it's aligning all three of those zones. And all of a sudden, it's that excitement, inspiration, firework that goes out the top of your head and, and it's you're in flow state. And all of a sudden, yeah. it just starts to work. And it's not work anymore. It's, it's complete passion for what you do. Um, and this yeah. is the reason. And as I said, why you guys have been so successful is because you're able, through the confidence that you've built in backing yourself, in backing equality and backing diversity, and backing the projects and building that confidence to be able to do that it's a phenomenal output and it's the reason why you guys have been you know you've won the awards you know top 30 under 30 which is just crazy i know like
0: that is crazy we wrote that on a piece of butcher's paper when we first got our office we were like what what do we want to do here and I was like, well, I just want to win 30 under 30. And I was like, right, I write that on the butcher's paper. It was such a weird goal to have too but like because that's, that's in ad land. So, you know, I live, I live these different lives. I live my ad land life which I love and I love casting commercials and I just have a weird thing <laughs> with ads. Um, and when we applied for it, I was like we, we were 29 and applications are in March of that year. Um, and I'm like, I just turned 29 in November. And I was like, this is the last chance. Like we've got like, we've got one opportunity and this is it put the thing in. And we got the, we got amazing references. So George Sada, who is like probably our biggest, um, advocate and has just been amazing since we first opened the doors. Um, he wrote me this. I cried when I read it because I was just like, "You have—he's a living legend in Adland, and is a gun at what he does." And um, yeah, and he wrote me this reference that was just amazing. I didn't know if people could say nice things like that. Um, so yeah, when I submitted the application, I was like, "Yeah, I—I I, I think we, we're in with a chance because I think um, we're the first casting director to ever win it." I think we're the first casting directors to even ever apply for it. And I think they they liked that and they liked that we were different and that we were, you know, paving the way a bit, a bit differently to the others.
1: The reference that you got that you said was so glorious, did that put a stamp on the intention that we talked about before in terms of diversity and equality? Was there a mention of that in there?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was because it, um, the... The application did touch on the fact that we were pioneering unknown actors and, you know, really pushing for diversity and fresh faces on screen in ads. Um, And it was a hot topic at that time. I think we won in 2018. Yeah. Um, And, you know, when we opened Chicken and Chips in 2015, this whole thing about diversity was only just surfacing and so in five years we've seen a dramatic change in the landscape particularly for ads and I reckon that was a pivotal moment when yeah in in 18 that we were we were sort of pushing that movement in our casting to our clients Um, and also just things like you know accepting self-tapes on any role that we get it doesn't matter if it's for an ad or if it's for a film because you know actors can self-tape from wherever they are and that you know geographical location you shouldn't have to live in Sydney to be an actor that's not so inclusion really like has this broad um scope that a lot of people just think it's just like oh well it's just ethnically diverse people and yeah okay we'll just make sure that we have 50 50 white people and then you know and it's like well that's actually not it because it's and it makes um it makes casting challenging, which is good. That's what we want. We want to be able to problem solve and find out how we can help underrepresented people.
1: And ultimately, it's about getting the best person for the job. It doesn't yeah. matter where they are, you know located, as you said, geographical distancing now isn't a thing. Diversity isn't necessarily just skin colour or, Transgenderism—it's a whole plevy of different categories that you can now push and advocate for, which is bringing more people to the table, and more. Mm. The more people at the table means that everyone has to upskill and get better to become the person that stands out.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, and just the yeah, just being able to like put, um, yeah, just be able to put forward ideas that are different to what was expected. Um, and then have a director agree or at least a discussion. I don't even, it's not even about agreeing. It's more about just opening the discussion and being able to present those, those ideas, um, and not be, it took me a while though. Like, don't get me wrong. It took me, it took me a long time to get the confidence to be able to go, oh, I can put forward, I can put forward anyone I want. and. And be confident in that choice, Um, but now I'm just like I would never question it. And in fact, if a director that I was working with wasn't open to that, then I know that that's not the kind of director that I want to work with because it's it has to be collaborative for me. It can't just be like this is who I want, and I won't I won't go outside of this thing that I have. Um, I don't I don't work well like that. I I just don't think.
1: Do you remember the first? Well <laughs> yeah, you're definitely uh, forthcoming, which is is important in You your would role. know. <laughs> do you remember the first time that you felt a little bit uneasy because you didn't have the confidence yet? Do you remember the first time that you pushed for something, and you know, did it go well or did it not go well? But it gave you the confidence to step again. Mm,
0: yeah, <laughs> it was a fuck up. Yeah, I do remember it well, and. I realized, I learned, I obviously learned a lesson. I pushed for someone who I thought was right and they just weren't right. And I, it moved so, the project moved so quickly that um, there wasn't much time for discussion with the agent. So the agent just went ahead. I'm not blaming the agent at all. Um, But the agent just went ahead and booked the person not realising that there needed to be some skill set in accents, British accent, and that actor got to set and started shooting and I got a call from the director and he was just like, no, like I have to reshoot, I need to recast this role and I was like, fuck. And he was honest with me. And he wasn't angry. He was just like, this was just the wrong choice. And I was like, yeah, it was.
1: What was it about the choice that why did you push so hard for this specific actor at that point in time?
0: Well, I think it's because, yeah, I I wanted him because I thought he was raw and a bit gritty in comparison to who who, the other people that we were, that we were looking at for the role. Um, But it just didn't work with the tone of the project and i just sometimes you actually don't realize and that and that actor didn't test so this was another lesson for me was that i just need to test every actor and so
1: and this is um, kind of what I, I wanted to bring up with you is it in those moments which i i guarantee that you've learnt and you've said it before feel these things on a more visceral level but did it feel like the, oh this is my chance to to push forward the inadvertent commas the agenda that i believe in so passionately And it almost became a little bit more headstrong, egoic, rather than going back to the formula, which we've just discussed, which is diversity and equality and the best Mm. for the job. Mm.
0: Yeah. Um, I did have a bit of the, I I know what I'm doing. And, you know, just trust me. (laughs) I don't know what happened to me. But anyway, I learned something from
1: that. Completely. And the learning is what's caused all this greatness to come from you and your partner, Al, um, and from the chicken and chips, as I said, because the learning was to not let the head get in the way of the heart. Mm -hmm. Even though that it may seem from a heart space that you wanted this to happen so much that the head or the ego, when the mind is is obscured or misaligned, is going to push something that it thinks that it wants for for a certain specific reason, even if it is the wrong thing to do. Whereas Mm. what you're saying that you've learned when we had at the start of the conversation is that like when you read a script and you can pitch someone or picture someone in the script or the role is that I can really sense it on a heart level. It seeps down from the mind where I'm problem solving, but I have to feel it in the heart. And then it hits that soul space where it's like, yeah, we're on the right here. This is what we're going to put forward. Like you did with Mm -hmm. the female role in the four man band, you know, that came from a a complete alignment. There wasn't a misalignment. And I think Time and time again, this is the reputation that you guys have is that you nail it because I think most of the, you know, if not all the time now, it's all about the alignment choice, the alignment choice, the alignment choice. And it also touches into perhaps why you guys did pick up that 30 under 30 award is because, you know, when you talk about the science of manifestation, And it's not the woo-woo stuff, the science of it. It's about making sure that there's clear self-worth, which is, again, that's belief that you can do things, that you're going to be able to achieve those things. It's a clear vision of what you want and the asking of it um, and putting it somewhere. And then it's about allowing that to come through. You weren't looking at every day saying, this is what we want, this is what we want. But what you did was you had the clear vision and you had the clear belief. And then you went to work making sure that the belief was at the forefront which was, as yeah. we said, underlined, which we've said a number of times, diversity and equality and the best person for the job. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Now, for this podcast, I've hand-picked some brands with game-changing products that you can get your hands on to take your performance to the next level. Hybration Organics are an independent Aussie company. They are inspiring a community with their ethos and products. They are awesome. All ethically sourced chaga, lion's mane cordyceps cacao and maca from sustainable organic micro farms meaning small batch which also means their quality is unbeatable now if you don't know the health benefits of some of these things let me inform you right now it's unbelievable chaga the immune system support it fights inflammation slows down the aging process lion's mane nerve repair in the brain can reduce mild anxiety and depressive symptoms, cordyceps, can boost exercise performance, anti-aging, heart health, and maca increase libido, energy, endurance, mood, helps fight free radicals. And all these shrooms are anti-cancer. Now to get your hands on some of these epic goodies, the legends over at Hibration Organics have given you, the MapLife Family, a whopping 25% off your first order. So head on over to the Hybration Organics website. That's H-I-G-H. B-R-A-T-I-O-N Organics, that's H-I-G-H-B-R-A-T-I-O-N Organics.com.au and use the code MAPLIFE25, that's M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E 25 at checkout and let's let the good times keep on rolling. It's so often said that I didn't even know that was a job. I mean, the amount of people or the amount of roles that are in production and the reason I'm bringing this up is for any young aspiring artists um, whether it's you know you're in your teens at school or whether you're even younger than that if you love something there's a role for you to do that professionally Mm -hmm. you know whether it's like you said casting or costume or writing or supervising or music directing even outside of that there's just jobs for everything so Uh knowing what you love to do is the first part of the game and then the next part of the game is you know knowing the rules And then obviously go and find out whether or not that's a game you want to be playing in it, and even if it exists, and then go and do that. Because what you said at the start, which was I just felt called, I felt passionate about what I was doing. I loved it. I wanted to get into work before. I could not be at work. I love going to work. If that was everybody in their job, I think we'd have a society that was just absolutely overflowing with exuberant passion and achievement because everybody would be doing the things that they were called here to do. And you've mentioned um, you know, through this conversation on numerous occasions that casting and doing it the way you're doing is your purpose. And when you're on purpose and you're aligned, as we've said, the universe or the laws of the universe get right behind you and they back you up and they send you through to the goal that you want to achieve. And as you said, the vision's there, 30 under 30, and at 29, you nail it. So yeah.
0: it's... Oh well, there was other things. There was like getting into Khan, getting a getting a project into Khan, which was Khan series was meant to be this year, um, for a horror anthor- anthology that we cast, and that happened as well. So I don't, I don't know. It's just, but I think that there is some strategy in that for me, anyway, because I I like to write my goals down and then figure out how to get there and who I need to work with to get there.
1: You mentioned before, at the start of the conversation, how important it is that you had your mentor. Yeah, And now you've become a mentor. Is that where some of the fear resides in the fact that being a mentor and the responsibility of giving high quality advice and guidance, does that feel burdensome to you? Or is that something that you just take a lot of responsibility for because Obviously, you're shaping and supporting a lot of young creatives.
0: Yeah. I think the main thing for me is to make sure that people know that despite what has previously happened in the film industry, that those traditional, like the, the, the foundations are still there for the traditional channels. But really, if you want to be an actor or if you want to, you know if you want to do it, you there is a way. there's always a way. and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean um, top level drama schools or going to l a or living in Sydney or you know whatever that whatever that is that you think is stopping you from doing it. It's not. Um, so that's really I don't find it burdensome giving actors advice, and I will always give as much information as I know, um, because I think that's important. And I, I, I feel like our industry in Australia is lacking that open door policy, whereas anywhere else you go, you know, even in LA, you can go to LA and the door is always open in every office and you can ask any question and people will just open other doors for you and it's just like everyone just wants to share the information, whereas here, Everyone wants to just keep everything really close and it's very competitive, and it's like, well, why are we doing that? It's this is part of the reason why no one knows what a casting director does because we don't talk about what we do.
1: In terms of what you said before about there's where there's a will, there's a way. I mean when I first started thinking about writing, I just put the time in on Google. I did a Google degree in how to script write, and spent hours and hours and hours the passion, that the unbridled passion, the enthusiasm, just to dig as deep as you can. And and you come out of that with authenticity, as I was saying before, in terms of your storytelling or in terms of the way you do your work. The award-winning films that have come out of what I've done so far and projecting into the future has all come from that motto that you just brought up, which was where there is a will, there is a way. If you want to do something, yep. do it because you can Mm -hmm. do it in a number of different ways and the the traditional channels are still there, but they're not the only way. It's like college in America, the self-help industry. There's all kinds of things that are, it's self-education. The information age is the opportunity age. For yourself, in terms of that being one piece of gold advice for young actors or young creatives, what else is there? Do you have any specifics that they could think about or start to implement to increase their craft or increase their ability or perhaps their... Opportunity to get casted into a script or into a yeah. film.
0: So, uh, the other thing that I always tell actors is to find your tribe, find your people, collect people, because that's what I do. And just collect people with different skill sets or different um, opinions and different ways of thinking and doing things. Because the more, I mean, I'm not saying network in an icky way and be weird about it, but just collect people and talk to people. And if you're an actor, make friends with other actors, you know, because then you can just share advice and share knowledge and help each other self-tape and read scripts together and go to a scene class together. And and the the easiest way to do this is yes, to go into a class and just meet everybody in the class and take their phone. Like we run, so we run workshops and at the end of the at the end of the four weeks, we tell everybody to exchange phone numbers because they've just spent four weeks working together, paired up, doing scenes together, doing improv um, exercises. They've built connections with people. Um, So to walk away from that four week course without actually coming out with a phone number and a meaningful connection with that person that you can call and be like, Hey, I've got to put down a self tape and I need a reader. There's so many actors will just email us and be like, I need to put down this self-tape, but I don't have a reader. And it's like, this is dumb. There are thousands of actors in Sydney. There should be no excuse for you not to find somebody who is willing to read for you and you read for them. That's, you know, so the net, the, the little network, and also so you can create your own content and write and shoot stuff. Um, There's so much like, you know, we, we get tagged in so much content and it's so good. Like we watch everything we get tagged in and um, it just, it's a good way to get eyes on you. If you don't have the traditional channel, maybe you don't have an agent or um, you're not getting in the room. So you just think, well, I'm going to just put down this funny thing and I'm going to tag the casting directors and see what happens. I, we always look at them. I don't I can't speak to the others, but we do.
1: <laughs> and, I've spoken to a numerous, numerous amount of people on this podcast at high performing athletes at the highest level. You know, artists that are international, top thirty under thirty, business entrepreneurs, every single one I of love that
0: me- I've made that that very high ranking
1: list. <laughs> oh, we're on. But every single person that I've interviewed has said one of the most, if not the most important, part of your career or on a personal level is relationships, and it's cultivating yeah. and curating healthy, authentic, genuine relationships, and not that icky yep. social networking where it's like, "Oh, what can you do for me?" Zero percent on that. It's a hundred percent on what can I do for you? What can yep. I? What can we do? How can I support your success? Ultimately, people don't want to work with a dick. It's just not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like in fact, the, I've
0: got a couple of the couple of people that I won't work with.
1: Because of who list. they are as a person. That's right. So yeah, ultimately, number one, you know be a good person, give as much yeah. as you can. And as you said, networking is a good thing as long as it's authentic and it's focused on a giving relationship and, and building those mm-hmm. relationships. And I'll underline that three or four times because in this industry, especially when you're coming up, you need a showreel to get experience, but you need experience to build the showreel. And there's a big hole there that's missing. And the only way to Mm. do that is to go out and make projects with other people, which is relationships. So people are going to, and if you're great to have on set, you're fun, you're focused, you know, you're professional, all the things that you want to be and you want to step into in terms of your vision, if you're doing that now, OK, mm. people are going to go, oh, yeah, I worked with so-and-so the other day. You should get him to do this or you should get her to do that. Mm-hmm. And as you said, that word of mouth, which is, again, relationship building, is one of the most productive ways or progressive ways to grow you as a human being or grow your career.
0: Yep, absolutely.
1: OK, if you, like me, froth on board sports, you must get yourself a board racks, board rack. Whether it's snow, surf, skate, sup, whatever you like to ride sideways. If it's a board, Board Racks as a rack for it. They even custom fit racks to your house, your garage, your room, whatever. I've had Matt fit me a floor to ceiling, a freestanding, all kinds of racks for all kinds of boards. And I've always been stoked with the product. And I'm so stoked to be able to bring that to you guys, the MapLife family. So if you'd love to get your hands on one of these board racks, just head on over to That's B-O-A-R-D-R-A-X.com.au. And if you put in the code MAPLIFE at checkout, that's M-A-P-P-L-I-F-E, Matty will sort you with 10% off. So that again is B-O-A-R-D-R-A-X.com.au. As we finish off an interview, which has been extremely eye-opening, and as I said, there's so much gold in there for young artists um, and entrepreneurs. So, There's five questions that I usually open with. They're a little bit more lighthearted. Are you happy to run with them? Yeah. Awesome. So the first one is if uh, you could invite anyone to dinner, who would it be and why?
0: Oh, Oh my God. Um, Who would it be and why? Yeah, I know this. Um, Casting director, David Rappaport, who is my hero, basically. Uh, He cast the... Uh, pilot of Gossip Girl and that's what put him on the map and that's one of my favourite shows. I've got this weird thing about teen drama. Um, I would have him at dinner any day of the week. I think he's fascinating and I, yeah, I I hope that my career is as successful as he has been and he's young and killing it and works for the CW and is just, yeah, him. No one will know who that is probably but Okay.
1: You do. That's the most important thing. Yeah. So when he knocks at yep. the door, you're like, I know who that guy is.
0: I know who he is.
1: <laughs> Number two, and very apt, is one of your favorite films and why?
0: Oh, um, oh God. I'm going to say this, but I probably shouldn't. Anyway, um, one of my favorite films is Midnight in Paris.
1: Owen Wilson. That's Owen Wilson, yep. Mm-hmm. Is that Woody Allen? Yeah, I yeah, know yeah, yeah. oh, he's a
0: creep, he's a creep, and I'm um, anyway. Um, and why because it's beautiful and it makes me always want to go to Paris. And so, whenever I want to go to Paris, which is often, I watch that film. Um, and every time I watch it, I find something in it that I haven't seen yet, and I've probably seen it 50 times or more.
1: And I'll ask, you know, two point. Two point two is Owen Wilson lead cast. Would you have cast him? Yeah, interesting. Perfectly
0: casting. cast. Hey, I mean, that is Woody Allen. Uh, despite him being a creep, he has brilliant a brilliant eye for casting. Um, he's very talented in in that.
1: Unreal. Um, number three. we will be
0: going, "Oh, Woody Allen." Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck off to them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's run with number three, which is name one of the greatest days or moments of your life.
0: Um. Oh, I probably I would just have to say I have to say this. I think when my daughter was born, obviously that was a pretty good moment, and then the night she slept through for eight hours was the next best
1: <laughs> day of my life. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, tip of the cap. That was, uh, that was a really good answer. <laughs> um, question four is what's something that, that annoys you or gets you a bit angry?
0: Yeah, I have a thing, <laughs> I, I think disloyalty is my big thing. I like. I have a thing about being loyal to people, and them being loyal to me. And I have. And I get. A, I have a real problem when people are disloyal to then trust them. Again.
1: So one of your big values would be Went trust. Up. Obviously, yeah.
0: No, that's. that's yeah. 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 Trust, yeah.
1: So let's lift it up in terms of something that is number five, which is something that at the moment is exciting you or inspiring you.
0: I, well, I've been, I listen to a lot of podcasts because I live and breathe my world. So I listened to um, Jamila Jamil's I Way with Reese Witherspoon last week, I think it was. Alison got me onto this podcast and it's friggin' brilliant. Um, and it just really resonated with me on a professional, personal level in terms of the struggles that she she as Reese Witherspoon has had to put up with in her career um, and what we were going through and still do go through in terms of being taken seriously as two young women in the industry.
1: Thank you so much for your was time. That great.
0: Thank you for having me. It was so fun.
1: Okay. Well, that was so much fun chatting to, as I said, my long-term friend. Steph, uh, thanks so much. And I wanted to take this moment just to really give you my full gratitude for your support, your love, your attention with the work that I've brought to your table. Those films would not have happened without your support, and I am eternally grateful. And as we said, we will continue to be friends for a long, long period of time. So if you want to follow along with what Steph's got going on, check her out, Instagram, at Chips underscore, you can just search Chicken and Chips and it'll come up. The casting company or her personal Instagram is it's Stephanie Pringle. And for any actors out there, any budding actors, I would just want to implore you to get in touch with Steph, with Al, with Chicken and Chips. They are such big advocates and supporters of growing this industry and allowing everyone the opportunity to get involved and to get their love, their passion, their dedication onto the screen. So, For that, head over to their website, www.chickenandchips.com.au or join their Facebook group, which has got over 10,000 members, fully supportive, fully inclusive. And once again, just wanted to say thanks, Steph. Thanks, Al. This is such a great community you've put together and fantastic work. The industry is much better for you guys being in it. So thank you. Just to finish off, a wee reminder about the subscribe and review of the Map Life podcast. As you can understand, it helps with getting the word, getting the podcast out to more people where we can help them improve their purpose, their meaning, their fulfillment in their life. And for doing that, you'll automatically go into the draw for the amazing prize pack that we're putting together with all of our sponsors for season one. Now, you've got to be in it to win it. So as we said, subscribe review head over to the maplife instagram that's at m a double underscore l i f e and until next week live the life you're capable of